1.30. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Lord, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And now we uh, pray, Father, we thank you for your word. Now we're going to open it, and we need your help, and we need your spirit to minister, to open our ears, that we'll hear the gospel, open our eyes, we'll see Christ, open our hearts, that we will believe his good promises, and we will respond in the glad obedience of faith. Do this as you glorify your dear son, and build his church through all the earth. Amen. Dearly beloved people of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Years and years and years ago, I was in college, and I was uh, in a production of a a musical, Man of La Mancha, which is the story of Don Quixote. And at the end of that play, uh, there's a very sad scene. Don Quixote is uh, in a bed on the stage, and he's dying, and next to him is Sancho, his faithful companion, and Aldonza the woman. And as he breathes his last breath and dies... The, uh, the friar character walks over uh, to the bed and the orchestra is playing a very uh, sad kind of music there and, he, and the friar opens his mouth and he sings. De profundis clama vida te, Domine, Domine, exaudi vocam meam. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful thing. And they did this, you know, night after night through the production. And years later, I found out what he was singing. (laughs) Well, that's the Latin of Psalm 130. From the depths, I cried to thee, O Lord, which is a traditional psalm of lament and sorrow, and it's traditionally sung at a death, somebody at the deathbed. So that's what the friar was doing. He was going over there and singing. So, oh, okay, mourners, they cry out from the depths. Psalm 130 is one of 15 psalms of ascent. If you look in your Bible, it will say song of ascent or song of degrees in some translations. It just means, the word there just means to go up. So what are these 15 songs of going up about? And why are they all together? From Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, ascent, 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 going up, going up, going up. What are we going up for? There's, there's different ideas about what, those are, what they're for. Uh, I think the most popular idea is that this is the songs that the pilgrims would sing on the road to Jerusalem. Three times a year you went to Jerusalem, to the feast, to the Passover, to the Pentecost, to the Day of Atonement. And as your family walked along, you know, and we were driving in our old Ford station wagon to Colorado, sometimes the family would sing in the car. Okay, makes the trip go a little far faster. So this is one of the, maybe these were the songs of ascent because they were going up. Jerusalem's up on a mountain. We've got to get up there. And that's what they sang as they went up. 
Um, and it's easy to hear that, like Psalm 122. You're walking up the long road and uh, Mount Zion is getting closer and closer. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And we're walking along and we're singing and we're going up. So that's one idea. There's another guess that these Psalms of Ascent were the sanctuary choir songs. That's what the Levitical choir would sing at the time of the Ascension offering. So you take the offering, you cut it up, you put it on the altar, it goes up in smoke, and it joins the glory cloud of God in the heavens. And these voices were lifted up in song as the clouds of incense and and sacrifice went up. Maybe that. The Psalms of Ascent themselves talk about going up and lifting up. They have those themes in them. Uh, going up to Zion, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem, from 122. Uh, 123, lift up our eyes to God in heaven. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. So there's lifting up and going. Maybe it's, maybe it's God himself arising. If you remember um, in uh, Numbers, Whenever Moses, whenever the camp would move from one place to another, uh, Moses and the Levites would say, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. So as the ark is lifted up and Israel moves through the wilderness, God goes up before them. Maybe that's what this is about, uh, an ascent. In fact, Psalm 132 quotes that. Uh, Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. So we don't know exactly why these are called Psalms of Ascent. But one thing we do know is that God put them in his hymn book and we're supposed to sing them. So let's do that. Uh, 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 These are in the Bible for his people to sing. And these 15 Psalms of Ascent, they come immediately after Psalm 119, which is a super psalm. It's it's got 22 mini psalms in it. Psalm 119 is the big long one. It's the alphabetic psalm. You go from you go through all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and each letter you get eight verses of, of praise and, and reflection and thanks for God's word. So God speaks A to Z, Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Daleth, 22 letters of this long Psalm 19, or nine, 22 mini psalms, then followed by these 15 psalms of ascent. So maybe the idea is that God speaks to us we hear his word, we thank him for it, and then we go up. We lift our hearts, we lift our eyes, we lift our, our, our vision, our, ourselves in worship, and we go up. We, uh, ultimately, uh, we ascend in worship into his presence to honor and glorify him. We ascend to Zion. We lift up our eyes to heaven. We ascend in worship as the ascension offering goes up in the cloud. We lift our voices in song. God goes up before us and he leads us in our wanderings through the wilderness. And of course, ultimately, Christ himself goes up to Jerusalem. He's lifted up on the cross and he rises from the dead and ascends to heaven. So we have these psalms of ascent because there's a lot of going up because we start down. We start in the depths. We start below. (laughs) We're so low, we have to reach up to reach the bottom. Psalm 130 is one of these psalms of going up. Going up, well, it's not exactly upbeat, though, is it? It's like, from the depths I cried of thee, O Lord, and you know, if I, it's not upbeat. 
the psalmist sounds beat up, not upbeat. It's not a happy marching song. Sounds like one of the pilgrims on the road up to Zion fell off the side of the road and slid down into the rocks at the bottom over there. From the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. Now, this is in the songbook. This is in God's hymnal. And that means it's okay to be sad when you come to church. It's okay to have a burden when you come to church. A lot of times we come to church and, how are you this morning? And I'm fine. Isn't God good? No, we kind of have this thing. And okay, yes, we do. We celebrate at church because every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Okay. So God is good and God, there are great things. But God also expects us to open his hymnal and sing stuff that's hard and low and difficult, that we're down. God knows that in this world we have trouble and sorrow and sickness and death and conflict and depression and anxiety. This is, this is real life. And sometimes real life is really hard. So we start from the depths, and that's okay. God knows that we are down sometimes. And so he puts songs into his hymnal for us to sing that are sung from the depths. So yes, we come to church and we sing praise and we sing glory to God and rejoice in the victory of Christ because Jesus has defeated sin and he's paid the cost of our redemption and he's risen from the dead and he's ascended to the right hand and he's been given all authority in heaven and his kingdom will have no end. Okay, that's worth celebrating. But we also have a bunch of songs in here that are low. And a lot of times I think... um, we don't quite know what to do with them. They make us a little uncomfortable. You're singing, you're reading your thing, and you're going through, and psalm after psalm, and wow, that one was kind of, what's the next one about? You know, we, we, get, we have kind of difficulty with some of the psalms. It's okay, though. And God put them there because his church needs to cry, not only in joy, but also in sorrow. Uh, like, the, like the note in the worship folder today, this is Lent. This season of Lent creates space for us to reflect and repent of our sins and own and admit our griefs. Okay, that's what we do. Psalm 130 is about grief and sorrow. From the, I'm crying out from the depths. Don't feel bad for feeling bad. It's not wrong to feel down. Do you sometimes feel like you've failed as a Christian? If you're going through a period of darkness, if you don't feel particularly victorious in your current circumstance, is that okay? It's okay. Because life can be really hard. God knows it, and he wants us to sing about it. I, I, sometimes I even think that we have uh, kids in our church families who end up leaving the church because they, don't, they feel like, I don't belong here. Everybody here is supposed to be happy and good and well-dressed and, you know, we don't talk like that and we don't do that and we, okay, and pretty soon the kid figures out, if that's what it means to be in this church, I don't belong here because I'm not good and I don't feel like that. And when he gets a chance, he leaves. The Psalms are proof that God wants his people to sing about all of life, even the uncomfortable parts And the the Psalms show us that even the embarrassing and unpleasant parts are okay with God. We bring them to him. We lift up our voices and we sing about that. So if you sing Psalm 130, does that glorify God? A 
was talking to a guy this week. He was real discouraged, had a lot of health problems. Uh, he's a um, uh, bad diagnosis, doesn't have a lot of hope in the, the medical prognosis for him. Uh, he's been suffering for a long time, and is, he says, I feel bad for my wife because this has put so much on her, and it's just hard, hard, hard. And he says, I don't know how to glorify God. How do I glorify God in this situation? Okay, the deal about glorifying God is not that you've got to do something, it's that you've got to be redeemed by Jesus. Do you confess Jesus? Did he die on the cross for you? Jesus gets glory. The Son of God came to seek and save that was lost. And if you're lost and you're redeemed, you give God's glory. And I don't care if you figure out what, what, you know, how to have the right job. I, I think he wanted to do something or felt like, uh, you know, all I'm doing is sitting around in pain. That's okay. God is glorified by Jesus saving people who feel bad, who don't have it all together. Singing Psalm 130 glorifies God, and we should not think that ugly and troublesome things don't glorify God. And so, you know, I think we get uncomfortable with the Psalms that are filled with unsightly and unseemly things, anger and sorrow. You know, and, you know, sometimes I think, our Christian music, our popular Christian music, doesn't sound very psalm-like a lot of the times. You know, when's the last one you turned on and it was like, from the depths I cry to thee, O Lord, O Lord, hear my prayer. I, I'm, I'm so low, I can't get any lower. Those don't sell, so we don't, they don't make them, I guess. But it's okay to be down. I'm feeling low. I'm so low I have to reach up to touch the bottom. Our psalm starts in the pit from the depths, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. The psalmist is so far down, he wonders if God can even hear him. Can God hear us when we're that low? O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Can you even hear me? I'm so far down. In this psalm, it's not enemies or sickness, it's sin that gets him down because he wants God to hear his cry for mercy. What I need now is mercy. He wonders, can God even hear me? Well, here's the great thing about prayers for mercy. <laughs> God only hears prayer that comes from the bottom when you're asking for mercy. You've got to be low. You get the proud man, the good man, the man who is glad that he is not like other men, like this Pharisee, like this publican over here. That man isn't, isn't heard by God. But it's the publican kneeling afar off who won't even lift up his eyes to heaven and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You have to get low in order to be heard. You have to cry from the depths. Out of the depths I cry to thee, O Lord. Verse 3, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? It's almost like this guy had his devotions that morning in the Romans. Romans chapter 3, all have sinned. Well, I guess it wasn't written yet, was it? But if uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you, O Lord, would mark iniquities, who could stand? Anybody? Anybody? No iniquities? If God's going to mark iniquities, nobody stands. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? You have to cry from the depths. Verse 4, but with you there is forgiveness. 
that you may be feared. Verse 3 sounds like Romans 3, we've all sinned. If God counts sins, we all lose. But God forgives. Okay? And it's hard for us sometimes to get over that. And you know, what about that thing I did and it keeps coming up in my mind and, well, that doesn't count. You're forgiven. <laughs> what about that other thing? You know, the thing I, I do and I do it again and again and, nope, that doesn't count. There's no record. Really? All my sins? Really? There's nothing on your account. All is forgiven. That's the God to worship. There's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And when we're talking about fear, we're not talking about yikes, run away. We're talking about fear in the worship sense. Um, the fear of Abraham is the God of Abraham. It's the one that Abraham fears, the one he kneels down before, the one he confesses. Which God do you fear? Are you going to fear the God who forgives? There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. God's not keeping a record. That's why we bow down and worship. All is forgiven. There's nothing on your account. Is that the God you worship? Well, that's the God of the Bible. He forgives all that you may be feared. Worship and fear this God, not some made-up God, some God who never really wipes all the sins off your record. If thou, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Then in verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman for the morning. And he says it twice there because it's a long night. Uh, the, the, you know, sometimes have you ever gone to, gone to bed and you, you can't get to sleep and you're t- tossing and turning and you can't quite, oh, how long? It's got to be, it's got to be almost dawn. And you look over the clock and it's 1130. Okay. How, but, the, but, okay, the watchman goes to work because he knows dawn is going to come. Morning will come. It comes every time. The watchman watches for the morning, but even sometimes you got to wait and wait and wait and wait. And it seems like it's never going to get there. But in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. And in his word, I hope. Don't make gods out of your imagination. You hear people say, oh, I don't believe that God would ever, or I believe in a God who would, and you know, it's something they're making up. Well, why should I believe in the God you're making up? God has told us what he's like in his word. And in his word, I hope, and I'll believe what he says. And so I need to read his word to find out what he is like. How much does what seems right to you matter? It doesn't. The question is, what does the Bible say? What has God told us about himself? What has God shown us about himself in the person of Jesus? You want to know, Jesus says, have you seen me? You've seen the Father. His disciples were still saying, you know, show us the Father, you know. He says, come on, I've been with you for three years. I've been with you so long, and you have to ask me? If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. God shows us who he is in Christ. 
He tells us who he is in scripture. So what has God told you about himself? Well, you can count on what he says. No matter how long the night seems, the watchman's counting on the fact that the sun is going to rise. No matter what you think your life might be like, you can count on the fact that God has spoken and what he says is true. And then verse 7, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. See, we begin the psalm by crying out for mercy. I'm in the depths, I cry out for mercy. And in the middle of the psalm, we receive forgiveness. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. But then we come to the last part here, and we, we get forgiveness, and God shows us mercy because... God has redeemed us. He will redeem Israel. With him is great redemption, much redemption, plentiful redemption. Redemption means God has paid. Israel was, belonged to Pharaoh. They were slaves in Egypt. And then God paid for them to come out with the death of firstborn and with the death of the Passover lamb. God redeemed them. Well, you used to be a slave of sin and death, but God redeemed you with the death of his firstborn son, Christ our Passover. So from the depths, the cry for mercy is answered with forgiveness, which is purchased by our Redeemer with his blood. No matter how deep the pit, no matter how deep the pit, you can always see as far as the cross. The Redeemer redeems. God hears the cry for mercy. He forgives and pays our redemption. And so that's why God put this song in the songbook. And we're supposed to sing these psalms together. After I heard that uh, song, at uh, that beginning of that psalm, in uh, Man of La Mancha, that, that tune stayed with me through my life. And I finally figured out, you know, I'm going to finish that for him because it kind of goes away. The, the, the friar goes over there and he sings by old dead Don Quixote and, and uh, uh, he only sings about a phrase and then the, it kind of goes down and they start talking so you don't hear the rest of it. And I thought, come on, Psalm 130, let's do this. From the depths I cry to thee, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If thou, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, my soul waits for the Lord. More than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is great redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities.